Hollywood boys and girls, the millions. And, and millions? Defenders of the bank listeners, it is episode 175 of the most LAFC podcast in the galactic environment, atmosphere, world, solar system, whatever the hell you want to call it. If you don't know me, my name is Christian Philly Philemon, the self-proclaimed beast of the East and obviously feeling very jovial on a Tuesday night. Nothing reeks of success quite like being jovial on a Tuesday night. But I digress. Sitting in front of me a mere six inches away and slightly to the left, the tyrant of threads, the king of sting, the scarf of scarves. That really wasn't a great moniker, nor was it a badass wrestling name. But ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, the educator himself, J.R. Liebert. The scarf, I can promise you, everybody, I'm not sitting six inches away from Philly. That would be a little too close, but he is... So like 12.7. Have you seen a ruler before? Not like 20 years, defenders. I kind of swore earlier. I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to have to edit that. We'll mark that down as uh, minute one, by the way, Philly, when you go back and edit this podcast. That was fun. I, I know, by the way, you guys all love when Philly eats on the podcast. That's happening as well right now. So this is going to be lots of fun. Philly is happy. Philly kind of feeling himself a little bit. And Philly feeling a Tuesday win. I, I would like to say this. I'm going to start out the podcast a little bit here on the defensive, if you don't mind. First and foremost, Brian's song has been done for quite some time. I have said over and over again that I'm waiting to see how this saga plays out to write the last verse of... Stop eating into the microphone, people. I just have to say, God. Brian's song is done and it hasn't come out. It's similar to the, the term, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to hear it, did it really fall and make a sound? But how am I supposed to write the last verse without his last chapter happening? I will Chicho's write. Chicho's story isn't over. It's only progressing no, and continuing. No, but you didn't write his story. You wrote, by the way, you kind of ripped on like a half the people involved in the club. That was kind of funny. Bob Bradley on the lowdown. John Thorington on the lowdown. But low did down. I say anything that was wrong? I mean, I, they were winning. Now I, they're not I winning. And, people, you, and they're on the hot I, seat. I hear you. All I'm saying. Bob also doesn't have hair. I wasn't hey, lying that's, there. You are not lying there. You know who we need to get to write our next couple of songs, Philly? Me. We need to get P1 Harmony. To write our next couple of songs, I have uh, scarf. With all due respect, I would assume that other people still write P one. Look, it's very, they've only been around literally three hundred and sixty three days. I looked them up. That was interesting. By the way, we're recording this episode Wednesday, October twenty seventh at twelve o two in the morning. Jeez, oh, this is right. one of those two three a.m. Tuesday night has now become Wednesday morning. Philly, Kehoe, Theo, Jiung, Intuck. Seoul and Jung Seob, those are the six members of the K-pop band P1 Harmony. There were people that slept in Exposition Park last night, Philly, to get a better seat stand, I don't know, whatever they did, for their first ever United States performance. Philly, did you think when we started Defenders of the Bank, what, three plus years ago now, that we would be talking about K-pop? No, and one thing I do regret in my life was <laughs> Go not on. giving it my all to be a K-pop star because it seems pretty good. And people go, Philly, you're too old. Maybe I am. You are. But Scarf is not. Okay. And the reason why I say that There's is because Psy, when he came out with Gangnam Style, yes. he was 39. Scarf has one more year. <laughs> so we might have a shot at having some type of K-pop celebrity. Okay, look, I know that K-pop is not solely performed by Koreans. But I would need to learn a lot of Korean in a very short amount of time to become a K-pop star. Auto-tune. I, auto-tune doesn't help with not knowing the right words Auto-language slash tune. Auto-language tune. I like it. Philly, it was also a pretty good day in sports for our respective basketball clubs. The Lakers getting a big win in overtime. And Philly, don't look now. I, I don't want to jinx them. It's early. But you're God. That sounds awful. You're you're <laughs> Nick's. You. Oh God! Not just me. I'm gonna throw <laughs> up right now watching you record this pod. I love peanut butter. Puffers. Your your Nick's are actually kind of good. 
right now. Look, let's not get ahead get ahead of ourselves. They're three and one. The season is very young. If I would get excited for teams going three one, I would have had my heart broken a million times between the year of nineteen eighty and twenty twenty one. Yes. The Knicks are good. And if you look at the standings, it's fascinating. The Knicks in the Eastern Conference are 3-1, and one, looking up to the 4-0 Chicago Bulls. It is a... Oh, is it 1993 all over again? <laughs> I mean, those were the glory years as far as New York Knicks basketball was concerned. Oh, we won't say goodness. it was when the Garden was eaten, because that was more or less the 70s. And I know our good friend Larry Friedman knows all about the 1970s Knicks. <laughs> but I'm not going to get too excited Although, having come off of a playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks, I'm, I'm slightly optimistic. I stopped caring about the NBA when the Knicks were dog duty. But if the Knicks had become relevant again, I'm psyched, man. Adam Silver's wet dream. Lakers-Knicks in the final. Are you kidding me right now? Like he, he Anything would, New York and L.A. in any He would in the take final. the Bulls. You mentioned the Bulls. They To, to get them back like actually relevant again would be pretty big for the NBA. But Lakers-Knicks... Would be it. Philly, dare I say, and I think, I don't know, you and I might have mixed feelings about this. See, I'm I'm a born and raised Angelino, so I am while, not. while I am not a... Which a, means I'm somewhat of a typical Angelino. Yeah, now. right. There you go. While I'm not a born and raised Dodger fan, I have respected the absolute heck out of the Dodgers. Oh, I love the Dodgers. Since not 1983. Mets, I love the Dodgers. But I'm going to say, Philly, I'll go out on a limb and say that I think the 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 team we hate less of the two that are in the World Series? I don't even know if that's true for you. I know it's true for me. The team I hate less in the World Series. I think you hate the Braves more than the Astros? I hate the Braves more than the Astros. Oh, yeah, not me. Atlanta won game one of the World Series. And I'm not going to lie, you guys. I am a lifelong, diehard, blue blood baseball fan. Totally forgot game one was today. Well, blue blood. No idea. Blue blood indicates old, rich money. No, yeah, I don't you are have that. a Mets fan, so there's no new, there's no old rich money it's being true. a Mets fan. If you were truly a blue-blooded baseball fan, then you would have rooted for the Bronx Bombers or the Yankees of the National League, and by that I mean the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, well, look, either way, I I forgot it was Game One of the World Series today. Philly had no idea. I, oh, I stopped caring. Yeah, I, I guess I did too. I mean, it feels weird to say that. One other thing that we do want to mention in sports today is a huge farewell for the U.S. women's national team legend Carly Lloyd Philly. Two World Cup titles, two Olympic gold medals, 316 caps for the U.S. women's national team, 134 goals, 61 assists, and a huge 6-0 win over South Korea after drawing 0-0 with them just a couple days ago. What I love is the match featured a giggity goal from Alex Morgan in the 69th minute, a goal from my personal favorite U.S. Women's National Team player, Rose Lavelle. No, no, I, 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 Why I is she love, your favorite? Because I love the way that she plays the game. She's got a little bit of wiggle. She does some cool stuff on the ball. I think she's really creative in her attack. She's she's that like pest that roams through the uh, the box, always trying. You know, she she kind of does some things that in his prime, Chicharito used to do, kind of roaming poach. through the box. She doesn't poach. She actually does more creating than poaching. But she makes those runs that keep the defense on their toes. I really like the way Rose Lavelle plays Philly. Other than obviously Kristen Press for Angel City FC. Do you have another favorite? U.S. women's national team player, anybody that you've all, either always watched or someone now? Whether I, I, I mean, I can't say like, I, Abby Wambach was a fantastic player. She was. I mean, I like, I like people that play with attitude. And I would say if I would have to go for a current player, I would say Megan Rapino. I like I it. like somebody who's going to dye their hair and, and, and stand up for their beliefs. I totally dig Megan, her vibe and her energy. And she, she's a tough gal who takes no BS from anybody. And those are the types of people that I'm attracted to. I like it. I like it. She scored today as well. Six, nothing win. Carly Lloyd. That's why I dropped her name. There you go. Carly Lloyd, a fond farewell from the U S women's national team. All right, everybody, let's get into it this day. Oh, wait, I have one more thing I wanted to do. Oh boy. And what might that be? Uh, you know, I never thought I'd have to do this, Philly. Uh-oh. With only two games left in the season. Oh, my God. What the heck are you doing? I have an apology to make. Oh, no. I don't even know where he's going with this. Defense. No, yeah. Raheem. Ah, yes. Raheem, yes. We, know, we know you listen to the pod. We know that you probably know that you, you've been 
less loved by me than other players in black and gold. Raheem Edwards, today, you played your best game by far in black and gold. And I would like to apologize, my friend. I think you have finally figured out your perfect role. Oddly enough, I think that might be maybe up top a little bit more than on the wing. I have to apologize. Raheem, I've thrown a lot of shade your way, my friend. And you shut me up today. An incredible game, which we will talk about as soon as this day in LAFC history in a very, very, very short segment of news and notes is done. But Raheem, I'll say it. I'll say those two words. I'm sorry. Yeah, and you know, Raheem, I I know we've had this conversation before. It is now okay to take that picture of Scarf <laughs> off of your dartboard. It's okay. I know his forehead has many punctures in it yeah. based on the amount of times you've listened to this yeah. podcast and the amount of shade that he's thrown his way. But I, too, have to tell you that you had one heck of a performance today. You had one hell of a pass yeah. that led to another one of Scarf's favorite players scoring <laughs> a goal. It truly was a magnificent evening. Dare I say, the best night absolutely at Bank of California Stadium in the year 2021. Here's why we can't say that, Philly. Everybody knows, if you listen to our podcast, we missed the 4 nothing win. Over, over sporting Kansas City. Oh, yeah, that's we, true. We weren't there for that. So that might have felt just Wait, as why? good. Where were we again? What were we doing on that 4 nothing win? Where where did we go? I don't even... Jeez, we're getting old. I have no idea. I don't even remember <laughs> I mean, what we did. I know that we missed the NYCFC game because we were in Solvang. Yeah. We'll now, ha- where the heck were we for the 4 nothing game? What were we doing? We'll have to go... To- <laughs> I have oh, defenders There's after dark old is getting old and feeble. Speaking on a mic, right? Oh my god! All right, so let's get into a bit of this day in LAFC history on the 26th, which is when we were going to start recording this, but now it's the 27th. On the 26th in 2018, you guys remember this place? Free play opens above the fields at Bank of California Stadium. Thanks, Chef Tim Hollingsworth. It was great for the two years or so we had it. But look. The one thing I will say, Philly. Scarf, I really can't remember where the heck we were for that I'm, game. I'm, we'll, we'll have to think like about my, that. My brain hurts is, trying to figure it out. This is bad. We'll, Jeez, we'll is get this there. Is what Alzheimer's feels like? It's, I mean, it's bad, Philly. Dude, it, was, it wasn't even that long ago. It was not. How do but, we remember the NYCFC one? Because that was even further out than the last one. that's because that's your former team. Yeah, I get it. But like, I remember that we were somewhere. Yeah, you know why, what? Why, why, while we're, ta- while we? we're talking, we'll figure it out. We'll look it up. This is stupid. I miss Julius Peppers at free play. I miss Julius Peppers a lot at Free Play. And not the actual football player, but the drink that they used to have. The official drink at Defenders of the Bank, the podcast. Yeah, we we have the, the menu. menus to prove it. And that is this day in LFC history. That's it. That's all we're going to do. News and notes. Uh, Philly, one quick thing. We want to we wanna shove friends over to Angels on Parade, if you can, and read. Oh, God, he's still eating. A great I'm article. Not a great article on our goalkeeping over at Angels on Parade. They're going to have to make an addendum to it because one of the lines in the article says that all three of our keepers had a negative goals added on the season. That is no longer the case because of the last two matches by Jamal Blackman. So congrats there. Really good article over at Angels on Parade on our goalkeeping. A quick Diego Rossi and Fenerbahce update. Diego started and played the first 71 minutes in Fenerbahce's 2-1 loss to Al Anyaspor. I believe I, I pronounced that badly. But either way, Turkish Super League Giants. Al Anyaspor. Sure. You just got that all over your microphone, by the way. That's gross. That's why they have a windshield on these And teams. that's the end of our Diego Rossi update. No Las Vegas Lights update because they haven't played. They didn't lose. They didn't lose. And that is it for news and notes. So, Philly, we mentioned it. It was an incredible night at Bank of California Stadium. Yep. I mean, it was a little sparse when we walked in there. I First of all, uh, you were there since 3 o'clock. Yep. I was there since 7.05. I don't ever like to get to games that late, but my volleyball girls made a, a good run out in the Palisades. We played a game out there. We won, but it didn't get out till about 6.05, 6.10. So I had to haul from the Palisades over at Calvary Christian School all the way out to Bank of California Stadium. Props to the people handling the parking because it was, uh, I think Panda described it as a zoo out there. She had mentioned that. Oh, wait a minute. Can we take a second on the pod, Philly, to talk about Sunday? 
Can we just take a very quick second? I know she loves Why? all the what attention. I know she loves all the attention and loves us mentioning it over and over and over again. She's totally passed out on the couch. She has no idea what's about that. But I will turn it over to you, my friend, so that you can explain to the millions and millions the incredible honor that one Amanda Panda Philemon earned. So, for those of you who stuck around for 175 episodes, y'all know a little bit about Panda. But if you're new to the pod, well, then I'm going to educate you. Panda, otherwise known as Amanda Philemon, a.k.a. my wife, is a 15-year Army veteran and a registered nurse at Cedars-Sinai. Now, Panda and I are part of the Ramily. We are LA Rams season ticket holders and have been since the year 2018. And so, through our time as season ticket members of the Rams, the Rams have been great about you know honoring veterans, like we've gotten to go on the field. Panda's got her name up on the big board at SoFi during the season when, you know, there were no fans. But recently, and we've been working on this for about a month or so now. Yeah. Uh, Amanda was going to be nominated as the veteran of the game. In addition, though, she got the nod as Rams fan of the year. So cool. I nominated her in the beginning of the season and she was vetted over like, oh, there were, I think like a thousand different people that they looked at. But obviously, the Rams being the class act organization that they are, they looked at, you know, people that were veterans, people that were essential workers. And well, obviously, Panda checked both those boxes. And so we knew that she was going to be honored. I never told her. In fact, uh, she hadn't the slightest clue. And so we get to SoFi. We sit in our seats. Our rep comes over. And obviously, I'm playing dumb. She, she, are you playing? <laughs> oh, that's not very nice. And so we get brought down to the tunnel, and Panda knows that she's the veteran of the game, but she gets nominated as fan of the year. Again, her reaction was beyond genuine. Yep. And then she not only was nominated as Rams fan of the year, she was given the gift, and obviously I benefit from <laughs> you, this as you well. You do, yes. Uh, see, uh, Super Bowl tickets. Panda and I are going to the Super Bowl, and we didn't even have to pay a red herring for it. It's fantastic. So it's going to be interesting because every other NFL team has nominated and already awarded their fan of the year. So come Super Bowl Sunday, and there's going to be a lot of events like leading up to it, there's going to be a fan of the year that the NFL is going to choose at the Super Bowl. What the winner gets, I don't know. But we're already winning because we're going to the Super Bowl <laughs> for free. And, and by the way, the New York Giants have yet to select their fan of the year. I was perusing through the Did other the Jets? teams. Jets have, yes. I, I think it's just a woman with a paper bag over her head because she's a Jets fan. That but, is a Jets fan, correct. Yeah, absolutely. But no, no, no. She was like a, a lifelong. She's a big Wayne Corbett fan. I was watching her video. Hofstra University's kind of pride. So yeah, Which is I actually mean, ironic because that is how, their name. Though. How cool was I mean? And look, and, and I will say you were there. You, yeah, I was gonna say you. Panda uh, cried when she saw you. You tipped us off. Nina and I showed up to the game, and I mean, look, dude. Nina and I were standing up there. Not videoing. only did I tip you up, but I filled your cup later. You did. I appreciate that. Uh, that's and that wasn't a euphemism, everybody. No, I literally so, bought uh, him a drink. He did. I appreciated it very much. So we were up there videoing the whole thing. I'm in tears. Nina's in tears. Panda's in a whole lot of tears. It, it was it was really really I'm cool. I'm crying too. And uh, a big thank you to Rampage as well. He was a large part of it there. Amanda's uh, favorite player, right next to Cooper Cup. There you go. Uh, yeah, unfortunate that Johnny Hecker couldn't be a part of it, but that's okay. All right. Let's talk about when the you match. become Rams fan of the year. We'll, 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 we'll make sure that Johnny Hecker will autograph your balls. I thank you. Your footballs. Yeah, no, I got it. Not your testicles. I subtlety is Philly's middle name. Everybody, Bowl so in a China shop. LAFC taking on Seattle, Bank of California Stadium. Seattle coming in top of the West and a mere seventeen points clear of LAFC on the season with fifty-eight points. You know, Philly, they would leave still on top, but in a much more precarious position. We'll talk about that <laughs> at the <laughs> end of the podcast. I could not believe how lucky LAFC was. And we'll talk about this when we get a little bit more into the lineups. But we were essentially playing the the B squad, or at least a lot of the B oh, squad guys no. for Seattle Sounders. They were missing, I'll say this, at the start of the match, missing their three best players on the year and and look, yes, they still started guys like Yamar Gomez Andrade, like Nuhu, Christian Roldan, Alex Roldan. 
But I would take this will Seattle Bruin lineup. Will Bruin has been a killer. Sure, but I will take this Seattle lineup right now at our point in the season when we absolutely needed three points more than anything else. I'll take this lineup over the lineup that we faced, I don't know, 2019 in the playoffs, 2020 in the playoffs. I'll take this lineup. Fact of the matter is, we hadn't beaten Seattle since October 11th of last year where we, we put the shebang bang on them 3-1. I to feel one. like you keep throwing things out there like this. Because and it's, it's been, real and it's It's been stupid. a year since we beat San Jose. It's been a year since we beat RSL. It's been a year since... Geez. Goes to show you how rough things have been over the course of 2021. So going into this match... Seattle has already clinched a berth in the playoffs. But here's the interesting thing. In terms of positioning, they're only three points ahead of Sporting Kansas City. Yes. And they just recently came off of a loss to Sporting Kansas City. By the way, they also got hurt really badly by a really bad Houston Dynamo team. Yeah, that was a shock. And by the way, you mentioned Sporting. They now, and I was going to talk about this at the end of the pod, I want to talk about it now. They have two games in hand on Seattle as of right now. Yeah, so there's that. So... Seattle, only three points ahead of SKC and three points ahead of Colorado. Again, three teams altogether that have clinched the playoffs. So there really would have been no reason for Brian Schmetzer to take his foot off of the gas because despite them being in the playoffs, I think Seattle would rather go in as the first seed rather than the second or the third seed. Absolutely. So it's unfortunate that Rui Diaz is still heard from his international play with Peru. It's unfortunate that Joel Paulo wasn't there for yellow card accumulation. It's unfortunate that Jordan Morris destroyed his knee eight seconds into his Swansea City career. Yeah. But you figured that Brian Schmetzer would have still done everything that he could in order to hashtag feel better than Bob does. Oh, my goodness. Saw a guy with a shirt on last time we played Seattle with that, and I, I thought that was pretty funny. Also, you know, Nico Lodiero has not played since September 11th. So we're talking about six weeks since Lodiero has taken the pitch. He wound up taking the pitch later on in the match today. But this is a team, Phil, you imagine this? Imagine right as playoffs start, you get back Raul Ruiz Diaz, potentially. Jordan Morris, potentially. Joao Paulo, for sure, because yellow card accumulation ends after this game. And a healthy Nico Lodiero. You get back four guys that have made best 11s. In Major League Soccer, these this is a stacked team and a team that I'm kind of hoping we avoid playing first in the playoffs because they're also not going to forget this 3 nothing whooping that LAFC put on them at Bank of California Stadium. Let's get into the lineups first for Seattle. Philly just mentioned the three big names that are out, Jordan Morris, Raul Ruiz Diaz, and Joao Paulo. Manager Brian Schmetzer, I, I look, you call him an indoor soccer legend because he is, he is the most successful the head coach since the Cleveland Steamers? No, St. Louis. That's what I meant. That's the Saint, inappropriate, Scar. St. Louis. No, I just don't remember. If you had like Cleveland that. Steamers on your Defenders of the Bank bingo card, mark it off. You win. I like it. Shout out to the big guy, by the way. We miss you, buddy. Uh, the most successful head coach in Major League Soccer since 2009. The guy has won MLS Cups. The guy has won Open Cups. The guy has done everything that a Major League Soccer coach should. And, and he oh, still looks like your dorky science he teacher. He absolutely does. He's only been there 12, 13 seasons in Major League Soccer, part of the organization even before that. The dude is as good as it gets on the sideline. Starting lineup, goalkeeper Stefan Fry, who we will always knowingly and lovingly refer to as our second keeper on the day that we played our first ever match at Bank of California Stadium. Go ahead and Google it for those of you that don't know what we're talking about. Find it on the YouTubes. Laurent Simon with the knuckleball. And Stefan Fry said, you know what? You guys deserve the Hollywood ending. We got the goal. We got the win. one nothing. Thank you, Stefan Fry. A guy who we have nicknamed the problem on the back line for Seattle. Yamar Gomez Andrade. Xavier Ariaga. Nuhu Tolo. Nuhu is as good of a wingback as exists in Major League Soccer. In terms of his defensive prowess today, knew who was better off be called Boohoo. Yeah, he, he didn't play his best match today. In fact, I don't think anybody wearing a Sounders jersey played their best match today. The other rolled on, Alex rolled on. Josh Atencio, the kid is young and huge, kind of like Cade Cowell. Kellen Rowe with the fantastically bad hair. Brad Smith with fantastically no hair. Christian Roldan, we call him the good Roldan. He is the U.S. men's national team star and a player who 
Again, as good as it gets in Major League Soccer, would not be surprised to see Christian Roldan make the best 11 this year. Freddie Montero, the all-time leading scorer in Seattle Sounders history. And Will Bruin rounding out the 11. Looking to get into a match for the first time, and he will since September 11th. Nico Lodiero leads the 18, along with Shane O'Neill, Leo Chu, who made an MLS Team of the Week not too long ago, Daniel Leva, and Nico Benize, all whom would feature at some point. Philly, that is the team in Rave Green, the Seattle Sounders. What about the black and gold for LAFC? Starting in between the pipes, we have one Jamal Blackman. The back line consists of Sebastian Ibiaga, Jesus David Maria wearing the captain's armband. Are you William Shatner right now? What just happened? There There's, was a bit of a problem uh, here on the Something on the wing, something on the wing. What did they find in the toilet of the Starship Enterprise? Captain's log, yeah, who he? Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus David Maria wearing the captain's armband. Oh, we have Mama Nufal, our midfield, Marco Farfan. Chiki Palacios, the star man playing in the middle. Uh, his name is Latif Blessing. Kim Moon Hwan, Scarf's favorite player and the player that Scarf apologized. I apologized. Raheem Edwards, yeah. Scarf's other favorite player, a man that he has a lyric or two written for, oh, hopefully boy. a song. A whole song. Later on, because he has been challenged as a result of the last pod. Brian Rodriguez, and of course, the man that I wrote a five-minute song for, along the veins of Barry Manilow's Copacabana, we have <laughs> Chicho Arango. That is your starting lineup. As far as the bench is concerned, we've got the Moose. we got Bryce Duke, Danny Chrysostomo. Chrysostomo? I don't know, man. You say tomato, I say tomato. Why we call him C-Tomo, like that's... No? I don't know. All right, That's well, not going to work. All right. <laughs> well, see Tomo, followed by Tomas Romero. He's, he's going to make it happen. <laughs> Tristan Blackman. Fetch is not going to happen. <laughs> Jordan Harvey, who we went nuts over when he entered the game. Mitch Ingolina, Cal Jennings, and the king has returned. Charlie Candle himself, our captain. The greatest player to don a jersey for the black and gold and arguably the most successful in the greatest season of any individual player in Major League Soccer. Carlos Vela, ladies and gentlemen. That is your LAFC starting lineup and 18. All right, so... They are managed by Bob Bradley. I looked at the lineup and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. Scarf, if in the vein of the one William Shatner, I have another Star Trek joke for you. What, okay. does the, what does the Starship Enterprise and a roll of toilet paper have in common? Go ahead. They both circle around Uranus and pick up Klingons. That's gross. Yeah. Anyway, moving right along. I, I apologize for all of you Trekkies out there that can't stand that joke. That was funny. All right. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, yeah. So, dad jokes, right? That's like up there with some of the dad jokes that you uh, tell. Uh, I guess I am getting old. Yeah, a little bit. So the opening kick, I looked at the lineup and I thought, all right, this is going to be interesting. I don't know. We had players playing in positions they don't normally play. Raheem Edwards up top. It was just, I didn't know what to expect. But all good things in the first half. Which, by the way, shout out to them as well. Yeah, we saw them today. Nice. Uh, Seventh minute, Brian with the first shot. Saved low by Stefan Fry. A little early warm-up, a little tune-up there for Stefan Fry. In the eighth minute, the corner was defended well, but my guy was off to his old hijinks. Why did Raheem Edwards pass it right to Roldan after that? My I don't said with a poop for a turnover. Yeah, look, there were five players in black and gold. He found the one in rave green, and I thought, oh, it's going to be one of those nights from Raheem. Boy, was I wrong. We Philly, we almost scored a goal off of a crazy carom in Holy the ninth deflection minute. deflection Batman. Mamadou Fall taking one from well outside the box. It took a deflection off of maybe one or two different players. And Stefan Fry, like he would be a couple of times in this match, completely caught flat-footed and off guard. We got a corner from it, but nothing happened. And, and honestly, it was the 19th minute that I felt like really showed the way that we were going to play in this match. We had, I don't want to say that there was a miscommunication. There was maybe some misalignment in the box. Just 
a bunch of players not really used to playing with each other, and it looked rough. And it was Latif Blessing, the star man playing wherever the heck he needed to today, let alone on the right. He huh. was incredible today. I absolutely love Latif Blessing. He's back to being the star man, the game changer, one of the most important players in Major League Soccer. He came in, coming all the way back into the goal box to help clear this ball in the 19th minute Philly. And that set up one of the biggest moments of the match coming up in the 21st. Without a doubt. 21st minute. We get a pass for in the midfield from Latif, the star man playing on the pitch. His name is Latif Blessing, and he made Seattle his. <laughs> I, I I'll let you it. finish that. But he had a great pass to Raheem Edwards, who made an even bigger, bigger dynamite pass to Scarf's second favorite player on the black and gold. Brian. Yes. I just scored my third goal of the season, Brian. I just woke up, Panda. I feel really guilty. But Brian <laughs> Rodriguez punching the ball past Stephen Fry for the first goal of the game, his third goal of the season. And dude, Raheem Edwards had one hell of a pass. I know we talked about how he made a poop turnover in the eighth minute. He did. But man, his pass to Raito, I would say, absolves him from any of his turnover sins over the past couple of games he threaded so much it was a great lead pass and man brian took it and made good with it one nothing the bank is going nuts yeah for those that were there it was huge and and look he went five hole on stefan fry which is always the toughest place to go for a goal so congrats there i i thought because if you saw one more sleep, I said we were going to have to get a combination of three goals and assists from Brian Rodriguez in order to make this happen tonight. And I thought, oh, my goodness, here we go. Are you kidding me? Brian gets one early. Oh, I thought all good things for Brian Rodriguez. This is I thought he was off to the races. He played an excellent match today. But this would be his only tally on the score sheet, unfortunately. But we'll take it. one nothing LAFC. Josh Atencio keeping Jamal Blackman on his toes with an easy shot saved in the 29th minute. And, you know, Will Bruin, we didn't talk about when exactly he picked up a knock earlier in the match, but he, he just couldn't go anymore. He actually just sat down in the middle of the pitch. And I think that's the universal sign for I, I need to come out, especially when Thank God. your team is down one nothing. So we dodged the bullet there. With MLS veteran Will Bruin coming out for Nico Benazze. I will take that substitution all day long in the 37th minute. 38th minute, a solid chance by Chicho on... I mean, there was four or five one-touch passes. We saw Alex Dwyer Dweezy, and the first thing he said to me was, man, one-touch passing, right? And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was an incredible game. Shout-out to Dweez. When did you see him? Uh, up at sunset after the oh, game. Oh, I guess I must have missed him. Yeah. Uh, and then in the 39th minute, that's uh, Mamadou fall from distance, forcing a corner yet again. You, you liked it when he takes those shots from outside the box. I mean, yeah, it shows some intestinal fortitude. He's a young kid who obviously didn't feel like the moment was bigger than him. He saw his opportunity and he took it and it deflected. And thankfully, you know, it hit into a corner position, but it was a pretty darn good shot. Yeah, look, stoppage time comes three minutes and we're just trying to get into the half. I thought... Hold on. There was something I did want to mention. Okay. So there was... Raheem had another situation where he made a great play to Latif. Latif then passes the ball to Brian. Brian did. And this is before the stoppage time. Actually, no, right around the stoppage time. It's in the second minute of stoppage time. Oh, so you were going to talk about that? Just right now. Yeah, but you got it. Go ahead. You're doing a great job, bud. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... No, you're doing great. It was a really good cross. I, and I thought Brian was going to get that assist that I needed him to get. I'm sorry, I didn't, really, I didn't realize you no. were talking about that. Can you imagine, Philly, two minutes in the stoppage, Brian has a goal and he has an assist. Scarf Stradamus getting closer and closer to being right. It was a beautiful pass from Brian across the box. but So beautiful that Chicho didn't even... Chicho stopped too long to admire it. Yeah, look, we, we don't have many bad things to say about the way Chicho has played this season. This one was... Look, had we had we maybe come back to tie this game or even lose this game, maybe we look back on this moment as as a frustration. But incredible pass from Brian uh, across the box to Chicho. He fans on it. But you know who didn't fan on it, Philly, in the third minute? That would be Latif Blessing. Oh, no. I mean, since I kind of like stole the, your magic from the last one, I'd say you should talk about this one. Well, look, here's the thing about this goal by Latif Blessing. Number one. You can say what you want about him being in the doghouse earlier in the season, him having a, a, a small stretch where he was not playing well. Latif Blessing coming back out of the doghouse, whatever happened, whatever happened, 
he has become a force to be reckoned with again on LAFC. And what you've seen from the last few matches, the culmination, the reward for all of that hard work had to have felt like it was this goal here in the third minute of stoppage time. Philly, the bank loves Latif Blessing. I, I have a feeling that this new Latif that we are seeing, Latif, we saw him kind of barking at Raheem for not being in the right spot on a pass there. We really see him taking more ownership and leadership when he's out there. And and look, I just love the guy. I mean, look, he's the team's all-time leading uh, capped player, over 100 caps in his career. He took the, the mantle from Diego Rossi when he went to Fenerbahce. I believe he's played the most minutes of any player in LAFC's history. And he's a guy that, look, he might not get a statue outside of Bank California Stadium. He should. But over the course of the first four years of this club, there are few players who are as important to everything we do than Latif Blessing is. Third minute, stoppage time goal, bank goes nuts. Uh, just a great bit of work by Latif Blessing inside the box. And we're going to the half Philly up 2-0. The chemistry between some of these players was really good. You had Latif with Chicho, with Brian, and with Raheem. Really, really good ball passing between these these gentlemen. They were passing the ball left and right to each other, connecting, making really good runs, having really good counters. I was quite impressed. Now, with Carlos Vela being on the 18, the fear was, would his insertion into the lineup do anything to break the chemistry of what we had? Uh, it's good that Carlos came in when he did. We'll talk about that momentarily. But Philly has moved on to cheese from pretzel, from peanut butter filled pretzels, by the way. Just right. thought I'd, I'd let right. you. Then, then I'm going to stop going from pretzels <laughs> and dark chocolate covered almonds. And I don't know what this is. I guess this is some type of... Um, it's some type of cheese that usually you cut with a knife, but Philly has just gone in full full bore with his hands. I'm hungry, this so point. I'm just going to just go to Philly's Scotch. like five old mouse right now. He's just finding anything he possibly can. You know, you, you saying that is like a very stressful thing for me. Why? Because What's when that? I was going through puberty, my stupid nickname growing up was Fivel. That's fantastic. I mean, look, come no, on. No, 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 that's not. We let, we let all the millions... This is your point to say. And you call you, you referred to my my, 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 my my bad nickname. I let everybody know they called me Jean Retard on the podcast a while back. Fair enough. And millions. Thank you. My <laughs> goodness. Look, we all have our nicknames, but Five O Mouskowitz, huh? That was Philly Mouskowitz. Philly Mouskowitz. Philly Mouskowitz. That's fantastic. So yeah, I obviously I kept Philly, I dropped Mouskowitz. <laughs> His his legal name, Philemon, because there are no cats in America <laughs> and the streets are paved with cheese. Oh my god, I love that song. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of things that'll wake you up in a hurry, Philly. How about that crossbar to open the second half? We look. I I worried about this. I spoke. I don't know who it was that I spoke to in the bathroom. There was a long line. We were all peeing. And huh. so, someone asked me, like, this is all the right. makings of a bad story. Yeah, right. Defenders after dark. Uh, some guy in the bathroom asked me, like, so uh, what do you think about the second half? And I go, we have to withstand the first 10 minutes in the second half because what seems to happen for LAFC is that whoever goes into the lab, and in this case it's one of the best to do it in Brian Schmetzer, they usually come out with something in the first 10 minutes and keep us playing on tilt. And I think absolutely for the first, uh, what is it, five, six minutes or so, of the half, we saw opportunity Philly after opportunity for Seattle. And that crossbar, it, it didn't really wake up LAFC. It just showed them that, all right, Seattle hasn't gone away down to nothing. When you look at Brian Schmetzer, you would pretty much think that this is a man who plays with Bunsen burners. But it wasn't the case because he plays with offensive and defensive formations at a very high level. So yes, Seattle did come out relatively quickly and relatively aggressively. The fact that that first shot hit the crossbar, that was that was a scare. But a mere seconds later, we had a ball that, I mean, Blackman wasn't really tested throughout the course of the first half. I think he only made one save. But immediately after the ball hit the crossbar, again, seconds later, yep. Blackman gets tested again for the second time legitimately. And you think that at this point, the tide certainly turned in favor of the Seattle Sounders with their backs against the wall. They needing to press and play aggressively against LAFC, they certainly started to do so within the course of the first, uh, I would say, six minutes, no, five minutes of the match. Yeah, yeah but... Five minutes the, of the second half, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right, but, but in the 51st minute, I'm going to let him do it. 
And we'll see how long this sticks for. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be in your head. But you know what? He's earned it. Philly, in the 51st minute, after holding off the momentum for Seattle for the first five or six minutes of the half, catching Stefan Fry completely flat-footed from outside the box in a shot that was very reminiscent of the left foot of God Carlos Vela, but this one on the right foot of whom again, Philly? Keepers, he's thrashing and checks, he is cashing, yes, it's Chicho. He scored LFC's third goal. Oh, 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 oh. Good Lord, you gotta... I wish we had some sort of video on what just happened right here. Well, weren't you in charge of the YouTube channel? I Look, Chicho Arango, 13 goals in 15 games. 13 goals in 15 games right now. Is there a player hotter in Major League Soccer than Chicho Arango? No, not at all. He is the man. And I remember when he wasn't scoring quickly within his first couple of games... People weren't necessarily excited about this guy. And, uh, you know, some people outed us and said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, you guys are really bullish on this guy. This guy's a bust. Yeah. Uh, for the people that <laughs> called us out on that, I would say eat our shorts. Because Chicho Arango, LAFC's most potent and deadly offensive weapon. And the fact that we got him for the price that we did and for the output that he has given us, Chicho Arango, without a doubt, our most valuable player. The shot from outside the box was fantastic. Stefan Fry was chilling on that Seattle greenery, my man. He was like, oh, poop, after that ball came (laughs) off of of Chicho's foot. And just like that, 3-0, 3-0. A team that for the first half of the year had trouble scoring more than two. Instantly, within 51 minutes of action, we're up 3 nothing. The bank is going nuts. We're going nuts. Brian Schmetzer's like, oh, poop. I wish I really was messing with Bunsen burners. We're off to the races. 3-0 at home. And here's the deal. Yeah. Seattle has a better record on the road than they do at home. Yeah. They have more wins on the road than they do at home. But they did not get a win at the bank. We finally clapped this team life is good yeah you know it look just a couple minutes after they make a substitution seattle does brad smith comes out for leo chu who made the team of the week not too long ago in major league soccer i'm gonna say it again 57th minute i i just got shut up completely by raheem edwards today another great effort in the match he earned a free kick just above the box after a takeaway and it was raheem who took the kick and if not for an amazing save by Stefan Fry with an outstretched off arm, that was a goal. It looked like that free kick took a deflection and wouldn't have been, I mean, man, it would have been great to see Raheem on the day where he plays his best match and he really shuts up the scarf. Maybe that's a segment, shut up the scarf. I like uh, it. I'm uh, a big fan. I want to be the first <laughs> contributing member of it. On a, uh, on a day where he really earned it, he almost had that goal, a great save by Stefan Fry. Uh, I mean, man, just... What a great effort by Raheem Edwards. And and honestly, guys, from here on out, look. 74th minute scarf. 74th yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're going to talk about it. Believe me, I, I'm there. 74th minute. I got gotcha. you. From here on out, Seattle really kind of started waving the white flag just a little bit. Raheem Edwards, 74th minute, had a shot that was majestic. And I have to tip my hat off. To Stephen Fry. I think you went to the bathroom or you went to go get popcorn or I don't know where you were. I went to go get food because there was only one food line in Founders and it was like an hour long and I didn't want to miss most of the match. See, if you get to matches early, you can eat without a line. I was coaching in the Palisades. So that's still... God, that's one of the whitest sentences I've ever yeah, said. Yeah, that's that's a pretty pretentious sorry, thing sorry, to say. Sorry, let me make it worse. I was yes, coaching... I'm sorry that I missed the free sushi because I was not coaching at the I, Palisades. I was coaching <laughs> yeah, volleyball yeah. in the Palisades. There we go. I made it worse. Go well, on. No, what would have made it worse if it was polo <laughs> or water polo or cricket? I played water polo. Wait a minute. What's you, Go on. 74th minute. Raheem Edwards had one hell of a (laughs) Raheem Edwards had a hell of a shot. And Stephen Fry, if you look at that highlight, Stephen Fry probably made his best save of the season. Yeah, both I think his two best saves of the game were both on Raheem Edwards. Yeah, Raheem Edwards is gonna have Stephen Fry in his nightmares, but man, did Stephen make a hell of a save. That really should have been for nothing, but 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 that's okay. What ends up happening though, two minutes after that. The bank, the 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 twenty two. That's not. It wasn't twenty two thousand. <laughs> nope. The 
eighteen or seventeen thousand. Sure, that was a it was a good crowd. They, they filled in. Everybody got up on their feet though. They had to wait for the K-pop concert to end. <laughs> I mean, dude, there was one heck of a crowd when we were getting off the highway. It extended from like Christmas Tree Lane all around the bank on Figueroa, all around Martin Luther King, all the way up past the Coliseum, on the way down towards the museum. It was a stupid line. But once you got to the Fan Fest, it didn't seem as as crazy of a. Anyway, I digress. That's not the point. A lot of people. The captain. <laughs> the king has returned. Carlos Vela takes off his penny, gets into the game with Tristan Blackman, subbing in for Murillo and subbing in for Brian. I scored the first goal of the game, and I'm still waiting for Scarf's completion of the song, Brian. It was really cool. Keep it up. Keep it up. Go ahead. Just, I mean, just keep it up. This is what happens when you poke the scarf. Oh, boy. But to see Scarf... <laughs> <laughs> to see Scarf on the turf, <laughs> to see <laughs> to see Carlos on the pitch, I, I gotta admit. So we've said some things. We've had our frustrations, and the frustrations with Carlos are as follows. It, it's not a matter of whether or not he was injured, but when he doesn't participate, when he disappears, when there's pictures of him at the Grove and the boys are in Portland, when he's not necessarily going out there on social media and saying, "Come on, boys, good luck." You're gonna feel a bit of like, bro. Do you even care that you're here? And of course, it all stems from the All-Star game where he made his comments about possibly wanting to go back to Europe. But all that being said, his mere presence, his entry into the game, him taking off his bib, his penny, whatever you want to call it, coming into the game, it was a good position for him to be in because we didn't have to rely on him or worry about him having any touches on the ball because we just needed to see him get a little bit of run because we were already in the catbird seat at this moment. But man, was it good to see number 10, Charlie Candle, on the pitch. Look, what I actually appreciated more than that was the reception from the crowd because, look, we didn't know for sure, right? We didn't know for sure if there would be the raucous reception that there was. And I'll say this. It was a Tuesday night, everybody. Parts of the bank were a little sparse. Parts. 3252 was incredible, as they always are. 3252 was incredible. Bunch of empty seats and founders all around us. Yeah, Bunch of empty seats. You? What's up with all you ballers? Where the hell were you all at? <laughs> Bunch of empty seats on the east side of the stadium. Not a lot of people over there. Bunch of empty seats in the South End. What's up with that, Red? <laughs> but that being said, the 32 was incredible. But what I loved is as they saw Carlos take off his warm-up, the chant started. Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela. And it got louder and louder. Dare I say even louder than the Jordan Harvey chant I tried to start a mere 20 minutes later. It was, you, you did, thank you. You and like three other people in Founders that were like, I don't know who this Neither. Jordan Harvey guy is, but I'm, I'm yelling too. You don't know who Jordan Harvey is? You're not an LSU <laughs> Look, a lot of people know Jordan Harvey. But that being said, it was a cool moment to be there at the bank. We went live on Defenders of the Bank on Instagram, so hopefully you guys caught that if you couldn't be at the bank. But it was really cool to see Carlos Vela come in. And man, the whole him subbing on for Brian and Brian subbing on for him thing, that's going to haunt the both of them for their entire black and gold careers, it seems like. But yes, in the 78th minute, the king has returned. 80th minute, Nico Lodiero making an impact, forcing a save from Jamal Blackman with full extension. In the 82nd minute, the ovation that he deserved coming off the pitch, Chicho, Chicho Arango coming out for one Danny Musovsky, another gutty performance for our MVP of the season. And Philly? The man who could do no oh, Arango. <laughs> oh, my God. He's coming up with more in his head right now. No, if you want, go back to episode 174 and go to the last five minutes. You got the Chicho Arango song there. World premiere. So 90th minute. In an atmosphere that I say rivaled Carlos Vela checking into the match for the first time in a while, one of our favorite players and friend of Defenders of the Bank, the podcast, Jordan Harvey, in the 90th minute, checking in, 
Love ourselves some Jordan Harvey. Jordan, we know you listen. Thank you so much, dude. I love that, he's grew, that he grew his hair back. Right? I love that he can grow his hair back. There was doubt there. I thought, from, yeah, I thought he was losing it. I love it. Uh, Dan, is it Chris Ostomo or Chris Ostomo? Look, it, the, it the PA announcer said Chris Ostomo. It's got to be Chris Ostomo because the PA announcer <sighs> does his homework. We've but had what, it as Chris what about What about Max? Are you saying? I don't know. I mean, I mean, all right, so I love Max, but are you going to trust Max or the PA announcer? I, you know what? Bec- I'm going to go with Max. Uh, Eric Smith, I think, is the name of our PA announcer. I'm not sure. I think it's Eric Smith. That being said, I have family members in my family that are the last name Chrysostomo. He came in for Cheeky, by the way. Jordan Harvey, though, that's what we're really trying to highlight here. 90th minute, Jordan Harvey. Three more minutes of stoppage time, and I got to say, I, I got to give props to New Who. In the second minute of stoppage time, we both had a good laugh at this. Oh, yeah. Tristan comes around him and makes this incredible and pretty physical sliding play where he takes the ball out from Nuhu. And Nuhu got up and was literally grinning ear to ear because he respected the heck out of the play that Tristan Blackman just made. Unfortunately, Mamadou Fall tried to do the same thing seconds later and got a yellow card for being a little late on his. It happens. And look, the, the moment that really capped off the night and the moment that everybody was really excited about, in the fourth minute of what was supposed to be three minutes of stoppage time, Jamal Blackman with a save in the left corner oh, yes. on the header by Ariaga to preserve the clean sheet. And who makes the final touch of the game, kicking the ball over into the east side near Figueroa Club? That would be one Jordan Harvey, number two. He gets the last touch. And Philly, just like that, we are above, I say, above the playoff line. Life is good with two more games to go. Vancouver at the bank next week. And decision day, November 7th, against the Colorado Rapids. And this season, again, has been a very interesting tale of the tape. If you look at the statistics, Scarf, in games where it seems that the other team controls possession, and in this case, it was Seattle with 56.4 to LAFC's 43.6. Which it didn't seem like that, by the way, but go on. Well, in the first half, it certainly didn't. But at the end of the first half, it was actually fairly even, 52-48. So... It was Seattle that maintained that. Shots, they were both even at 14 a pop. Shots on goal, LAFC just had one more, 6-5. As far as total passing is concerned, LAFC, you know, we saw a little bit of the, uh, you know, the give and goes, the passes from Chiefs. Much better than last match. But we only had 371 passes to Seattle's 468. Okay. The accuracy, slightly better at 77.9 or their 77.3. Seattle had double the corners with 10 to our 5. Yep, felt and like thankfully it. Thankfully, def- our, our set-piece defense proved to be pretty efficient. Crosses, 17 to 4. Offsides, it was Seattle. Um, and as far as tackles won, Seattle was the more aggressive team. Uh Blackman was the more sure. effective keeper with five saves sure. to Fry's three. And, I mean, that's pretty much the tale of the tape. We end up winning this game at home, a much-needed win against a Seattle team that, dare I say, is kind of performing on a downward slope. Look, you can say that the sure. game against Sporting Kansas City, 2-1, it was a tightly contested match. But the way Houston beat the hell out of them... Makes you think that maybe Seattle isn't as invincible as we once thought they were in the beginning of the season. Yeah, look, they've been down a lot of players, though. Nico Lodiero hasn't played. Really. As have yes. we. Yeah, but, and you're seeing what happens to even a team like Seattle, where Seattle's down some of their best players, and they're starting to lose games left and right, too. Look, when your boat's taken on water, you need guys that'll help plug it for you, and we had that tonight. We were down, obviously, Edward Atuesta. We were down... For the most part of the match, Carlos Vela. We've been down Eddie Segura. Yeah, we've been down Eddie Segura. We've been down Jose Cifuentes. We were down Pancho Ginella tonight. We were down a lot of guys that play significant minutes for us. And I want to say this. This was by far the best team defense that I have ever seen from LAFC, at least this season. But even so, I don't know that we've ever had Philly between Kim Moon-Hwan, between Raheem Edwards, between Latif Blessing, Marco Farfan. I don't know we've had the overall team speed out on the pitch. And look, it's a bunch of little guys, right? So we weren't we weren't winning a lot of balls in the air. When we were, it was Mamadou Fall coming to help out, Sebastian Abayaga coming to help out, even a little bit of Jesus David Murillo coming to help out. 
But the team's speed really set us apart from Seattle today. Incredible keeping. There were a couple of times, Philly, where we were nervous. But you know what? For the most part, LAFC kept everything in front of them. They kept everything off to the wings. There was no rebounds given up right out in front. They had one or two. But an incredibly well-earned clean sheet. And you mentioned it. Jamal Blackman, by far his best game of the season. He really played with poise, really played with confidence. Our back line, maybe it's coming together. Maybe things are starting to really gel for this club. And another big 3 nothing win now. And again, I want to know how many teams that make the playoffs have had three different keepers play at least six games or more for them. It's an incredible stat. And now we've seen it. First at the beginning of the season with Pablo Cisniega playing eight games. And then you had Marco Farfan, I believe his was 18, and now you've had Jamal finishing out the string with the last six matches for us. And it has been an incredible ride this season with three different keepers, but it looks like, Philly, we've finally settled in to our starting keeper, Jamal Blackman. Yeah, I'm good with him. He's an imposing figure, and look, it takes time for players to get accustomed to many systems. I mean, if you look at Jamal Blackman's history, he hasn't played much for a lot of the teams that he's been on. Despite having started his career back in 2011 as a member of Chelsea, he hasn't really played for solid clubs. And so... It's it's nice that he's starting to make his presence felt. Tomas Romero was fine at the time. Pablo Cisniega, at one point in this season, I'd love to know what the heck happened there, but I don't look at Blackman's insertion in the lineup and, and, and get angry about it, because at this point, I, I expect him to start. But what I expect to continue is LAFC's run into the playoffs. Yep. To see them finally above the playoff line is quite nice. But looking at it, we have 44 points, as does Vancouver. We play them next week on November the 2nd. Huge match. And it's it's a very huge match, followed by Decision Day in Colorado on November the 7th against the Rapids. And so we, we finally had things go our way. Beating Seattle, very big deal. Huge. Again, a team that we, we've started to beat teams that we haven't beaten in a year. And you know what? Despite how poorly we have played over the course of this season, the inconsistency, if LAFC catches some fire right now, this is going to be good because our boys are only going to get healthier. And hopefully, Carlos Vela, the chemistry between him and Chicho and Rayito and everybody else proves to be magical because we certainly need to defend the bank next week against Vancouver, who is still nipping at our heels. And we both certainly need to go into Colorado, a team that has two LAFC players that no doubt would love to enact their revenge on LAFC for letting these players go. And I'm talking about Mark Anthony Kay and Stephen Betashore. So if LAFC can pull off six more points, then we should be a shoo-in. We've taken care of business if we do that. Look, we're unbeaten in five, Philly. How about this? We did not lose a match in October. Did not lose a match in October. We we drew Carson 1-1. We beat San Jose 3-1. We beat Dallas 3-2. We drew Minnesota 1-1. And we beat Seattle 3-0. This is what you want. Getting three, hot late in the season. Three matches where we scored three goals. That's huge. Another clean sheet here at the end of the month. We needed this run. We would have liked to have had maybe one more win, maybe against Carson there. But let's talk about exactly where we are real quick with this win. We jump both RSL and Vancouver, but hold on to your butts. Vancouver has a game tomorrow against Minnesota, and in that one we just root for injuries and a 0-0 draw. I don't know. That's a tough one because Minnesota's above us. Vancouver's now behind us, but uh, it's going to be tough. Look, the bottom line is we're going to have to beat Vancouver, like you just said, in a week for anything to really matter with Vancouver. RSL has a match against hapless Dallas tomorrow and Carson plays sporting so everybody we are now all sporting Kansas City fans for the next 24 hours we'll have to see how things play out but as of now you mentioned it LAFC is seventh on 44 points two points back of Portland and Carson in fourth and fifth that's right we are only two points back of fourth and fifth with 46 points for Portland and Carson one point back of Minnesota in sixth and level with Vancouver but ahead on regular season wins at 44 points we have 12 wins they have 11 and two points clear of RSL who has two count them two uh, 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 games in hand and 42 points things are very much still up in the air and we absolutely need to win out philly mentioned the schedule and that's all i have to say about that philly 
look, you got to do a lot of the Chichos, Chicho Arangos. It's been a good week. We got a lot more work to do, my friend. Six more points left in our season. We need to take all six. 175 episodes, my dude. 175 episodes of the most black and gold podcast on the internet. This has been pretty cool. 175 episodes, only 25 more till we hit two bills, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a milestone that is, there's only one podcast in the LAFC pod fam that has done so. And I love everybody at Heart LAFC. I love Joseph. I love Tony. I love Bam. I love Punk. I love everybody who's been in charge. Obviously, Jerry. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing. Uh-oh, here it comes. There's no podcast duo that's been around as long as you and I. Yeah, we've been around a while. We are... We've done 175 episodes. I think Jerry left Joseph at 140. Well, look. So you and I are technically the longest tenured podcast duo to do this. That That is true. We are the longest running duo, but uh, I will still uh, bow and kiss the ring of the podfather, Joseph Always. Zacher. And, uh, you know, we get to give Jerry a bunch of hard times when we go down to San Diego anyway, so that's I'll get really to give Jerry, I get to give Jerry even more of a hard time because him and I are both involved in MASL. That's right. Him of the Soccers and you of the The Ontario Galaxy Fury. of the MASL, and we are the, you know, the LAFC of the MASL. It, is that? Really? You're going to go with that? Okay. Well, think of it. Yeah, I mean, the new kids on the block wanting to, like, you know, make noise close to, like, winning titles, whereas the <laughs> San Diego Soccers have had a history since whatever. Right. Uh, winning titles. Yeah, I will absolutely say that the Soccers are the Galaxy of the MASL. Well, look, we get to kick back and watch all the MLS action this weekend because we don't play a game again until next a week Tuesday. Off? Shut the front door. Yeah, but we have another Tuesday game after that. So that means we're going to be somewhere recording up until one or two in the morning and editing and everything else. What time is it now? It's only 12.59 in the morning, which means our episode is less than an hour if we shut up. And I think we should. What do you think about that? Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>